the Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. Goal on here, goal chance for Conor McGregor. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Team Mackie still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> it's been a looks like Donovan Connor. Okay, you're welcome along to this week's GAA podcast. We normally call it the Friday GAA podcast, but since we couldn't get anybody to host it tomorrow, I've been uh, lumped with it this morning. It is around about Thursday morning. Dave McIntyre hosting you here, and I'm all on my own in studio. No Tommy, no Adrian, no Jer, no Nathan. They have abandoned me completely. Woolly too can be included in that brigade. So thankfully, I've managed to uh, bring the heavies in. We've got a man who's from Mayo, who lives in Down and manages the Yarmouth Under 21s, Billy Joe Padden. How's it going, sir? I'm very good, very good. And uh, we've got Mr. Donegal himself, Brendan Deveni. Good morning to you. Good morning, David. I'm currently in Mayo. So oh, are you? So, yeah. What are you doing in Mayo today? Um, I'm down here gathering information. That they don't be telling anybody. It's just, it's, I'm going to get caught up a tree now shortly. I'm, I'm make sure I haven't got my, my uh, ID on me if I have to make a quick escape. But uh, no, I'm just down. I uh, just called it down to see some. I've got some family down here, so yeah, I'm picking up bits, bits of information best I can. So it looks like we're going to be blowing away. So um, uh, <laughs> is there male? Is there male blood in the Deveni uh, bloodline? Is there? My, 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 my sister's my ID guy from Newport, so. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I was going to start with Tyrone Monaghan, but you've opened it beautifully there. Um, before we get stuck into the two games, Brendan, we had Billy Joe Padden off the ball, and uh, it was a Tuesday night, Billy Joe, just talking about the Tuesday. fallout from the weekend and, and the one-sided nature of the results at Croke Park. And there was a lot of talk, Brendan, subsequent to that to, from Jim McGuinness about how he fears for the future of the game. Porrick Duffy, the uh, arts chore the GA, has come back a uh, little on that, talking about how the attendances are up and that uh, there were always one-sided games over the years. What's your take on it overall? Because I'm thinking of 58,000 people who paid 30 quid a pop to go into Croke Park. Certainly the adults would have paid 30 quid a pop last Sunday. I'm not quite sure if the same fixture list cropped up this time next year, they'd be willing to part with the 30 euro as readily as they were this time around. Yeah, it's a it's a huge question. Uh, you know, you know, you can see both sides of the argument, and that's but now we've such in-depth analysis in our games. Which again, looking back at an old part of what we were saying from years ago, we never had this in-depth look at it. And I guess most people's points are, are trying to point us in the right direction in terms of you know trying to get out the mismatches. But it's such a deep, deep question. And you know, for man at Dublin was surely a massive mismatch. Yet they made a game of it. You know, and I think in that you know, you can say that if a team kind of shows a lot of heart and doesn't throw in the towel, which some teams have, to be honest, this year thrown in the towel, and you know they, they had they weren't set up properly to be in the game that they were in. So a lot of that goes back to management. But then there's huge resources with some teams, and it's a very difficult one. But you know, I, I can see both sides of it. You know, unless the GA wants to turn around and try and address the overhaul the whole system, which I think would be impossible, it's just up to a lot of teams to get their own houses in order and surely try and spread the flow of cash that goes through the GA to the weaker counties to promote them apart from that there's not much you can do 
Billy Joe, you've been living in Down for a few years now, and I mean, it's only five years ago that Down made it to an All Ireland football final. We're only beaten by a point. Two years before that, Wexford made an All Ireland semi final. Four years before that, Fermanagh made an All Ireland semi final. It's just it, it astonishes me how quickly the, the, the debate has moved on and the gap has opened up because I could not envisage a Down or a Fermanagh or a Wexford making an All Ireland semi final now, not for years to come. No, and I, I think there's two elements, uh, you know, at play in this, and that a lot of these smaller countries, as Brendan rightly said, there, you know, if the motivation isn't there, then the belief doesn't follow, and they don't actually believe that they can can achieve something, and that seeps, that that permeates throughout the county. It's not just something to deal with the county footballers or the the county board. It's supporters and everything. And you look at some of the counties that, as you've mentioned, have competed in the past. I don't think they can believe that they can find themselves back in those situations again. And then at the other end of it. At the very top of it, you look at the way Donegal, Dublin, Mayo and Kerry have reacted to each other. They've gone and they've improved because they've pushed each other on. They've played each other over and over again in the league and they've had some great games in the championship and, and they have actually, they, they've actually improved their level from where they were four or five years ago and that's just made the gap even, even bigger again. And I, I think that the GA has to do something about it in terms of resources and maybe finance is the easiest way to address it as opposed to changing systems or something like that. And maybe it's just something like, you know, you see sporting, you know, professional sporting organisations like the NFL where they pool the money that's made through shirt sales. Like you think all the Dublin jerseys that are sold, like if some of the percentage of that money was going back in and helping foot, football in Leitrim or Fermanagh, is that more equitable? I think it probably is. Flinging money at the problem, though, Brendan, I mean, I take the point that Billy Joe was making there, that financially Dublin would obviously have more power than pretty much any other county, and Jimmy Guinness was describing how he had to take so much of the onus upon himself to put the right things in place and generate the funding that was required to make Donegal an All-Ireland contender. But at the same time, there's no point throwing money at a problem when it's maybe not in a position to be spent correctly, that the acumen isn't there, or the motivation isn't there, or the intelligence and experience and capacity amongst the people who are running the game in a county isn't there. What's the point of giving money to the situation in that case? Yeah, well, you know, then you're in another dangerous world where, you know, we give, we tell the GA to control all the county boards and to set up the whole system. And then, you know, that would really kind of take the whole, like, uh, you know, the fun out of it in terms of who's coming with what and what's going on. I think, like, uh, you know, the whole thing is about organisation, as you said, from, from county boards to everyone having the one focus on what they're doing. And, you know, that is up to each individual county board. There's only so much the GA can do and so much, as you say, money you can kind of give to counties. But I think that's the basis of it. Let me try and create that uh, playing field as level as we can. And then you're going to get mismatches. There's different populations in county, different attitude towards GA versus, say, hurling versus rugby, soccer, whatever. So, you know, we're never going to get it 100% right that everybody's at the start, uh, you know, at the start line, come the start of the championship on, on the same wavelength. That's just not going to happen. But at the minute, as, as Billy Joe was saying there, the top teams are really revving it up against each other. And they now are getting bigger and bigger uh, management teams behind them. You know, more more guys coming from different uh, coaches, from, from different genres, from different sports. And they're coming in and they're boosting these teams up. And, you know, it's becoming key for guys to get into, to even get into these squads now, which is pushing up these teams along. And, and you know, there's a huge gap beginning to come. And as you say, you know, the likes of uh, Down or Wexford or somebody getting in the semi-final, you know, when will we see that happening again? You know, at the minute, you know, if anything is getting worse. So there, there definitely does need to be a huge luck taken at it. 
Right, well, there are two counties playing Croke Park this Saturday that maybe could serve as an inspiration to some of the so-called weaker counties that are out there at the moment. For many years, Donegal were a weaker county and Monaghan were a weaker county. Donegal went, what was it, uh, 19 years without an Ulster title. Monaghan went 25 years without an Ulster title. And those droughts only ended in the last four years for Donegal and the last two years for Monaghan. We'll start with Monaghan, Tyrone and Billy Joe because that's the game that's live and exclusive and off the ball on Saturday afternoon. I'll be joined on commentary by Colin Parkinson and Aaron Kernan. It's thrown at four o'clock. Off the ball starts at one. This is a game that few people are actually willing to call. And personally, I think if there's any chance of a match in the All-Ireland Series going to a replay, this one could be it. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think the two games on Saturday are, are very close. Um, but when you consider the way both sides play, you would imagine that it won't be very high score and you imagine that both defences will be on top. So, you know, when you have a low-scoring game like that... Um, you know, the chances are it will be close. But I suppose what I'm looking to see from that game is, is just can Monaghan, you know, exert their... I think they're a better team than Tyrone, and I think they probably have the, 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 the key forward in, in McManus. And can Monaghan, you know, move the ball quickly enough from attack to, uh, from defence to attack to basically get him isolated on a couple of Tyrone forwards, which will be very difficult because Tyrone have a lot of men back. But that's the thing that I'll be looking for. And... You know, then the other element of it is there's such a history between a recent history between the two teams that for so long Monaghan you know couldn't really get over Tyrone and and then the whole black card Sean Cavanagh incident as well. So there's a, there's a lot of angles that you can look at it. But I, I think Monaghan have a slight advantage. Yeah, Brennan, are Monaghan in a completely different place now ahead of this game against Tyrone? then in comparison to 2013. I would say that for two reasons, and let me get you, give me your thoughts on it. In 2013, they ended that famine and the the cauldron-like atmosphere in Clonus the day they beat Donegal was just not replicated in a half-empty Croke Park three weeks later against a Tyrone team who they hadn't beaten since 1988. And then... They have since now gone and beaten Tyrone in the Ulster Championship in 2014. So they now have the experience of dealing with the brilliance of winning an Ulster title and they've also beaten Tyrone in their very recent history. Does that make it a completely different Monaghan side mentally than it was two years ago? Definitely, definitely. That's 100% right. And like the, the word in Ulster has always said, uh, you know, Tyrone will take Monaghan, Tyrone will take Monaghan. I mean, when it looked like they were going to collide with each other, a lot of people are saying back, but you see now Tyrone will take Monaghan. But as you say, I think there's a very different Monaghan team. And you got to say, you know, Balgar O'Rourke, like, he, he knows his stuff. And the way he had Monaghan primed to play Donegal, if he isn't primed like that to play Tyrone, I think Monaghan will be Tyrone. I know Tyrone on a wee bit of a rub in the, the back door and like the forward lines begin to rev up, you know, Kavna, McCurry, McCallaghy, they're really coming of age, I think, and obviously being led by Kavna, but, you know, this time, I think Monaghan are ready, and you have to say that against Donegal, how the, the composure on the ball was 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 unbelievable, and their ability in defence just to completely shut out Donegal. I thought, even though it ended up a very tight game in Donegal, you could say many ways kicked it away. Monaghan looked so composed, and I think that's a big thing. Maybe they were missing at times going into big games at Crow Park and playing the likes of Tyrone. That's why I think they can edge out Tyrone at the weekend. We should say, Billy Joe, that maybe the third strand of the point I was making earlier to Brennan is that Monaghan had never won a game at Croke Park since 1930. And they managed to get that monkey off their back as well against Kildare in the qualifiers last year. But Brennan makes a point about how composed Monaghan looked in that game against Donegal. I want to put an argument to you that I haven't actually heard been made at all, that that maybe the in the manner in which history is always written by the winners, that Monaghan got too much credit for that win over Donegal. Because really... Paddy McBrearty's effort, 
goes one side of the post and it's a replay. You'd fancy Donegal to win that. They surrendered a big lead, particularly when you think of the way Ulster finals have gone in recent years. A five-point lead is a very significant advantage and they almost lost it. And it, the Malachy O'Rourke game plan looks amazingly brilliant because they won. But had they not won it, everyone would have been pointing at Mon and choking in the last 20 minutes. You could not be more correct. I, I, I completely agree with you. And when I think back on the All-Ireland final last year between Dublin and Kerry, or between Donegal and Kerry, I feel the exact same way. Uh, Kerry you know, dominated a couple of key moments in the game. Other than that, it was a 50-50 game. The Ulster final this year was very similar for me. Donegal came back strong at it. They could have easily have drawn the game, as you said, and gone on and win it. So, this, to me, though, this game against Drone could be a game like that as well because they are so evenly matched because they play similar styles of football, they get loads of men back, that it will come down to key moments, kicking your freeze, a defensive mistake, who can maybe get a goal, and I think Monaghan are better placed to do that. The only worry I have about Monaghan in Crow Park is that throughout the, the pitch in Crow Park, you need to have pace. You need to be able to change pace from out of your half-back line, move the ball to the middle third quickly, and sometimes Monaghan are a bit slow on what they do. And they need to get the ball quickly through that area. And if they don't do that to a reasonable standard against Donegal, they could be, you know, that's where they'll, they'll struggle, I think, if they are struggling. I think, you know, you, I think, yeah, you, I, I would look at it a bit differently just from that uh, Ulster final game. Monaghan go five up in a low-scoring game. Now, if a low-scoring game, they got five up is, is, is like bloody 20 points in, in, in a normal GA match, you know. And they probably thought on the counter that they would chip away and, you know, obviously like see out the game. As it happened, it got closer and closer. Now, McManus should have tied it up when he hit the post in the last couple of minutes to put them two up, and he didn't. And right enough, McBerty hit the point. Now, from a Donegal perspective, I don't think Donegal wanted to draw on a replay because Monaghan get in Donegal's faces. They're not a team that Donegal like playing. And to be honest, for Donegal, Donegal, even though they lost in Ulster final, a replay would have took so much out of them, and I think Monaghan would have come out uh, the right side of that. So I think for 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 how that game worked out, um, when Monaghan wanted to, to to rebuff Donegal's attacks, they did it, and when they wanted to open up Donegal, they did it. Now they did play a very dangerous game, sitting deep, but I think if they're set up against that like Tyrone, and you know obviously we, we didn't probably see the best of Hughes McManus for me is the best player in Ireland at the minute I mean in the full back then McCorry, McNamee and Brennan have they got any guys to mark these these, these uh, Monaghan forwards I think if they get isolated inside it, it'll be dangerous and that'll be the one in the game for Monaghan At the other end of the field Billy Joe we've seen these Tyrone forwards now making a name for themselves through the qualifiers but I mean after all they only have beaten Limerick, Mead, Tip and Sligo none of them have been Division 1 sides and the only Division 1 side they played this year they were beaten by and I'm looking at Dar McCurry Conor McCallisky Bradley very skillful, but mm-hmm. you get the impression that they're just going to be eaten up by the, the guys that Brendan has just been talking about. Yeah, and they're very, all very similar. You know, small, sharp, good ball players, you know, can pick a pass, can pick a score. But you're right. You know, there'll be so many bodies back there in that in that Monaghan defence that you, I, I think that Kavanaugh will have to be the key man for them because they'll need a physical presence. They'll need somebody that'll be able to win the ball in a bit of traffic and maybe lay a ball out to one of those smaller, more skillful guys for an outside shot. And as I said earlier, you know, some of the more small, smaller forwards like that in a blanket defence, you need a bit of pace and power to maybe break a tackle to, to create a goal chance or get a goal. So I think that if, or if, if Tyrone are going to have success in their forward line, Kavanagh's not going to need to have a good day when he plays or when he's in the full forward line. And, uh, you know, that's going to be more and more difficult for him because, you know, Monaghan will pay very close attention to him and they'll recognise that. I think Billy Joe's gone for Monaghan. Brendan? 
Yeah, going for Monaghan too. Okay, other game, uh, the Monaghan Throne game again is live and off the ball, Throne at four o'clock. Afterwards at six, it's Donegal Mayo. Third time these sides have met in four seasons, and I, I guess it's one apiece, although obviously Donegal's win was of more significance than Mayo, given that it was an All Ireland final. I, my feeling on this, Brendan, is that if Donegal throw in a period of play that they've shown in each of their last three games, Derry, Monaghan, and Galway, where they've gone from periods of 20 to 28 minutes without scoring, if that replicates itself on Saturday, they haven't a hope of winning this game. Yeah, you're just you're just thinking the right team could could really blow Donegal away if they if they sit them like that. And we we seem to just go on the hibernation for parts of the game. It's very unusual, you know, for 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 Donegal. We're just wondering. It's been been such a season. We've been waiting for this kind of kick a few times to happen. Or you know, we we're very lackluster, as you say, against Derry and Monaghan, going for huge periods of the game without scoring. We did it again against Galway. But you know, I don't think Galway just had the quality in the end to deal with it. Or, See, that's or maybe the key, the isn't it? Galway didn't have the quality. By the time Dunny Gall shelled their kick, as you describe it, yeah, they were still yeah. in the game. Exactly, and you just think if that was a Mayo, would Donegal be anywhere near the game at that stage, having played like that? But listen, as we've seen this year, very dangerous to base any game on the bone previous, and yeah. you know it's going to be very different. Donegal is going to know coming into Mayo they can't play like that, so they can't play in those periods like that. So they're going to have to up their game considerably. You know, is, there's word of Carroll has he been very close to starting like Eamon McGee's knocks not as bad as it was, which is going to be vital if he's going to try and take on the, the tank of O'Shea, and you know all the talk is O'Shea. O'Shea going in this game now if Donegal are to bottle up O'Shea you know that's really going to leave Mayo just looking at Donegal look like they have a season under already Mayo have played two championship games it's a very strange kind of mismatch in terms of their preparation going on that but if there's one thing Mayo's good at one in quarter finals you know they have an unbelievable record of it and I think they'll be coming in here very fresh and very confident and looking at Donegal's previous games like you're saying think these boys aren't going to be up to the pace that we're going to be at where do you think Mayo are, Billy Joe? For example, Dublin played the winners of this game and I have absolutely no idea where Dublin are now and I've commentated on all four of their championship matches this summer. I've no idea whether they're capable of hitting the height they need to hit to beat a Kerry in an All-Ireland final. From what you've seen against Galway and Sligo, where are Mayo? Mayo are in a pretty good place. Uh, I suppose the one worry you have going into this game is that you know, Mayo are going to be who they are. And what I mean by that is that they're going to do what they've done well over the last four years. They're going to play a high-pressing game. They're going to be full of energy. They have a lot of great athletes on the team all over the field. They're going to leave themselves vulnerable in the full-back line. That's something they've done for many years because they press so high up the field. They're going to be reliant on dominating the middle third of the field. And they're going to try and get the ball. The one thing they'll do differently is they'll try and get the ball in direct to Aidan O'Shea uh, early. It's something they probably didn't have that outlet in, in past years. The worry for me is that sometimes the clash of styles makes the game and Donegal will be will enjoy the fact that Mayo play the way they do. Donegal enjoy playing against the Mayo or a Dublin a high-pressing team because it suits their counter-attacking game. Whereas Donegal wouldn't enjoy playing Monaghan or Throne as much. And uh, So I think the key thing for Mayo is that they get out and are really aggressive and dominate the middle third of the field. And even then, I know Brendan says that O'Shea is the focal point in the attack and, he, and you're right, he is. But I still think Mayo can afford to have O'Shea bottled up in there if it opens up spaces for the likes of Killian O'Connor and Doherty. But in saying that, if O'Shea is bottled up, you will be looking to Killian O'Connor to have a really big day for Mayo to come out on top. So, Brennan, will Killian O'Connor be sticking as closely to Aidan O'Shea as he possibly can in the hope that he A, benefits from the space that might occur if he is bottled up and B, benefits from any of the knockdowns because he wasn't quite playing in that role in the, in the Connacht final because there was no need for him. Aidan O'Shea was winning his own ball and converting his own ball into scores. 
Yeah, well, it'll get us handy now against Donegal, Sligo, I doubt it. But uh, it'd be very interesting to see, you know, if the game is how the game pans out. Do they take O'Shea out at any stage, or is that a psychological like uh, plus for Donegal? If, if, if it, you know, sometimes that that long early ball, high ball, just doesn't be on for ten minutes, and maybe he's out of the game, and maybe they need him in other places. So it'll be very interesting to see how how they use him as, as the game pans out. But the big thing for Donegal, as Billy Joe was saying, that that counter attack play, and if Mayo. If Mayo look back to the Tyrone game, Tyrone pushed Donegal high up the pitch in the first half after Donegal the good start and really caused them a lot of problems. Had tackled, pushed them right under the full back line and were getting turnovers and everything. So that kind of set the tone for me. A team like Mayo, I think, will take a lot of you know confidence out of pushing Donegal and trying to get at their players around that because we haven't just seen that complete composure from Donegal this year. So I think this is a huge game for them. And don't forget, if there's a lot of game at Donegal, boys, maybe this could be the end of the road for them. You know, if they go out against me you could see three or four retirements so it's a huge Donegal there's a lot on the line for Donegal here and obviously for Mayo and the, you know that obviously that ultimate goal that they're after so big massive game and we have no idea until it's thrown in definitely how Mayo's going to cope with having, just having those two games and are we going to see the best from Donegal that we haven't maybe seen over the course of six or seven minutes yet so far in the championship Billy Joe, if the joint managers in Mayo are, are watching and have, I'm sure they've been watching the DVDs of the Donegal matches to this point, they've probably been able to pick out parts of each game against Tyrone, against Derry, Monaghan and Galway where they feel they can exploit Donegal. If Donegal have been watching the DVDs of the Galway and Sligo games, where do you think they will have found that the position that they can exploit Mayo in terms of their potential weaknesses? Well, yeah. Well, I, I walked out of the Connacht final in in, in Hyde Park against Sligo after we covered that game, David, and I was had no doubt in my mind that it, you know it was going to be Donegal they'd play, and that Donegal were going to station Michael Murphy at full forward because the Mayo full back line has struggled for 15 years against the target man like that, whether it be Donaghy or whether it be somebody like Michael Murphy. So I fully expect that Donegal will try and get plenty high ball into McBurdy and Murphy early because Mayo don't protect them. They don't protect their full back line like other teams. Mayo's half backs will push high up the field, play this high pressure game. So the Mayo full back line have a really difficult job to do. Mark one on one in acres of space. So it could it's a very risky tactic. If Mayo can survive the first fifteen minutes and actually dominate as I said around the middle of the field and get ahead, well then they'll be in a good place. Billy Joe, surely they they can't possibly allow that to happen again. I mean, under James Horan, that five minutes of madness cost them the All-Ireland three years ago. Had they handled Michael Murphy on the edge of the square in the manner in which they should have done, this drought that they're in may well have been over two years ago or three years ago. I can't see a possibility that Donegal will be able to hit Mayo with Murphy in that position like they did three years ago. Surely that ship has sailed. Well, I have seen no evidence throughout watching every Mayo game this year that that Mayo are, have shown the ability to protect the full back line like a Donegal or a Monaghan would do by bringing numbers back in there, playing a sort of a blanket defence. Mayo have shown no evidence of that. What they have tried to do in change is that Tom Parsons is now midfielder. Now, he drops back much more. Colin Boyle playing the halfback line doesn't probably attack us as much as he did in the past. And then there has been talk in Mayo all week about that. They have been trying, you know, Parsons played the last 10 minutes of the Connacht final you know, on Hughes in the, full, in the full back line. Will they take a real chance and put a midfielder, a guy who's played all his football at midfield, back there and just for the aerial contest with Michael Murphy? And they may do that. That might be the way they'll address it. You're going but for Mayo, yeah, Joe, yeah? It, 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 it has to be. It, you're right. It, it's, for me, it's come down to goals and goals that Mayo must not concede. I don't think Donegal's going to outpoint score 
Mayo. Right. You know, it's, it's, there mightn't be much in it. I don't think they're going to have points. But Donegal have been killing teams with goals. They've been doing it all summer. They've been hitting teams with goals. They did it against Galway the last day. They got a goal in the first half, sat on the lead, which they shouldn't have. Galway became the counter-attack team the last day and grew in confidence into the game. Donegal actually got sucked into being right up the pitch and then Galway were breaking. The crowd were getting behind them and hit them with a goal in the second half. Kills the game, kills the game. So for Mayo, you're right. Unless they protect their defence, if Donegal get two goals against Mayo, Mayo only register one or none. I think Donegal could win the match. So that's a big thing. Mayo have to at least match them in goals, and I think they will. They will take Donegal on points. It's all about the Mayo full back line and protecting that. Surely that has to happen. But as Billy Joe was saying, we haven't seen much evidence for it so far. Will it happen? On, will it happen on Saturday? That's the question. So, Brendan, are you voting with your head or your heart here? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm voting with my head. And that I'm means? Going, I'm putting all the pressure on my own. <laughs> <laughs> more, more Donegal propaganda again this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody believed me, hey, believe me after last week. God. <clears throat> after, I, I, to be honest, I have to explain now if I'm joking about something. You know, I thought when I said we're keeping them for the next match, people would uh, recognise. But uh, some, some Donegal Facebook page opened up a wild attack on me there. So that's that's why I'm down, that's why I'm down the West here. All, all the nice people in my own. We're, we're all being uh, nice and friendly, GA again. I've got away from the harshness of, me, of some of the people in my own county, you know. <laughs> Devaney taking shelter south of Donegal. There's a, that's a first. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm down here now to get some, as I say, get some inside information. They won them back, you know. But uh, you'll always get you always get a few people like that about, and they're always in your own backyard, eh? But sure, that's life. Billy Joe, you're going with Mayo, I assume. I'm going with Mayo. I, I think it's going to be heart and mouth stuff at times, as Brendan says, in terms of how we, we defend the full back line. But I think they're going to be what they are: be aggressive, be adventurous, and I think they, I, I think they'll just probably have too much by two or three points. Okay, so that's Brendan Venny and Billy Joe Padden both going for a Monaghan Mayo double, which is probably the form call. This is the uh, Friday GA podcast being recorded on a Thursday by myself, Dave McIntyre, in the absence of all my so-called work mates. They know who they are, but um, it obviously isn't just the Gaelic football we're going to be focusing on this weekend because there's a massive game at Croke Park Sunday afternoon, the first of the 2015 All-Ireland Senior Hurling semi-finals, and it's the Leinster champions Kilkenny against the league champions Waterford, so we've gone for a neutral perspective here. Dahi Regan, good morning, sir. Hi, Dave. How are you? Holding the fourth fair play to you. <laughs> I can't wait for this game, Dahi. Um, yeah. I will be keeping both eyes on Arsenal-West Ham. It's the first of our Premier League games and I wish I was at Croke Park in so many ways because this could be one of the games of the Championship summer. And Would you agree that we just, unlike the last two seasons, maybe three, we've been just waiting for the Hurling Championship to catch fire and maybe it actually might be this Sunday? Well, I think you're right, Dave. And I mean, what I hope we get the weekend will be a full, uh, full-blooded game of Hurling. Uh, it's been pretty anemic be fair about it so far and a lot of that is to do with the styles that's employed but you know thankfully we're now at the, the real cut and thrust end of it and Kilkenny by nature will demand that anybody they play against are going to have to be able to meet Kilkenny style which is pretty much traditional uh, and thankfully it's great to watch so all of a sudden we've been speaking all summer about how will teams counteract what Waterford do and now I, I, I'm kind of in a view Let's see how Waterford counteract what Kilkenny do because very much Kilkenny don't change their plans for everybody. So for the first time, I think Waterford and Derek is going to have to look at a situation whereby he has to look at what Kilkenny do and if by deploying a sweeper or a kind of an ultra-defensive first 15-minute ploy, 
and it doesn't restrict or prohibit Kilkenny playing their natural game, where do they go from here? And that's my concern for water for the weekend. They're young, they're coldish, they're very, very skillful, they're very talented. My only concern has been about them that at this level and where we're at now against the All-Ireland champions and an outrageously good team, you've got to be able to hit probably minimum 218, 220. Uh, now, the problem is hitting the two goals for me yeah. is the concern for them to they're win not, again. They're not going to hit 220 on Sunday, Dahi, are they? I mean, they managed to hit that against Dublin and Dublin are no Kilkenny. Well, you're, you're 100% correct. And, 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 and to be fair to Dublin, Either or practically every other team out there. Yeah. Uh, when they hit 220, if they don't, they won't win. It's as simple as that. I think they're very good, but I just believe, and I've maintained this over the last kind of three months, looking at the, the Hurling Championship of all day, is that great teams that win all Ireland finals usually have great forward lines, or at least three or four brilliant, brilliant players up front. Waterford rely very much on a system to get their scores, which, you know, implying the system well has been getting them as far as they've got to. Kilkenny can rely, this is what wins all Ireland, on individual brilliance. Players doing, catching brilliant balls, laying off, creating opportunities, a first touch, somebody running in past a high ball drop and coming onto a break. Just Kilkenny can do genius things in a game and invariably do over the years to win all Ireland. Somebody can do a genius thing or, or two or three players can do a genius thing. Waterford are very good but the system has to be brilliant for them to win. Now, for them to win the weekend, Dave, the system will have to be brilliant and Kilkenny will have to play to about 75% of them. I just really can't see that happen. They remind me a lot of ways, Dahi, of Donegal of 2011, their breakout season. It was a new system under Jim McGuinness, very defensive, and they realised after the defeat to Dublin that it had to develop, it had to evolve, because they simply couldn't get the scores to win games, having bottled up the opponent's offensive instincts, if you like. And that is what we saw in 2012 when they they turned it into this incredible counter-attacking machine. Do you think that this is Waterford's 2011? This is their breakout season and it could be this Sunday afternoon when they're competitive but at no stage look likely to win the game that Derek McGraw will then take 2015 and go, this is where we need to evolve to to become the, the all-round threat in 2016. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's, it's a very interesting point you raise, Dave. I, I suppose there's a couple of ways you could look at it. One, I hear an argument out there, and even from Waterford people that I know, to say, you know, t- take the reins off them and let them go man to man. I'm inclined to disagree because Derek knows these guys. He's looked at them and he's decided that his setup is more suited for them to take on the bigger guns, to keep them in games longer, you know, and if, if they play well, on a given day, to have the belief that we can put it over the, the, the tips and the Kilkenny's and the Corks. And isn't there a worry, if there were a worry if they were to do that as well, that they could take a bit of a beating that would actually scar a very young team and have repercussions into the seasons ahead? Well, there's similarities with Wexford last year. If you look at Wexford, losing the Kilkenny so heavily after beating Clare, after beating Waterford, let's not forget, and then shipping a really punishing defeat against Limerick. I have to say, at the time, I didn't believe it was detrimental to the Wexford team. I thought it was more positive to take out of the year than that one defeat. I similarly believe if Waterford lose, now I, I, I absolutely do not expect Waterford to take a tank in the weekend. I have to say that. Um, I just think they're so well set up. I think the problem for him, Dave, the weekend is, if he sees the game going away from him with 20 minutes to go, 
and there's a seven or eight point you know, difference in it at that stage. That in itself doesn't mean you're going to lose. But you often look at games where you're seven points down. You're, you're looking at it in the cold light of day saying, these guys ain't coming back. There's not a hope of them doing it. Is, does he revert then to say, right, let's drop the defensive sweeper system and let's play man on man? That's the danger with Kilkenny. I don't expect him to change in any way at any stage of the game the weekend the way that he plays. And I think the point that you're making is... is it's prudent and I think it's relative because I do believe he will employ this system going forward next year. Um, Kilkenny, on the other hand, Dave, their performance against Wexford absolutely threw them out of water. I think against Galway, it was more than company. You know, many thought, oh, Galway are on a roll that they'll, they'll put it up to Kilkenny. I couldn't see it coming into it and I don't see it this weekend because they have players of genius ability up front and invariably, I, I firmly believe they've that will be the difference. People who can do genius things. Yeah, there was a piece during the week um, where Brian or Richie Hogan and TJ Reid were described as being, but it was by Nicky English, in fact, the two best hurlers in the country. And if you've got the the top two in the country in your starting fifteen, it just gives you such a leg up on the opposition, doesn't it? And those two boys, particularly at Croke Park, are virtually unstoppable. Well, they're so used to Croke Park. I mean, how far off that is Austin Gleeson? I mean, the, guy, the kid is superb. I watched him in mine or two or three years ago. This kid has blossomed and matured into an, into an outstanding talent. Rick Walsh, while maybe losing half a yard of pace, he locked you pie at defence because the guy is a tank. He reminds me of Sean O'Brien kind of in the, in the hurling side of things. The guy just is a tank. He just dies for it. He breaks it up. He's supreme, brilliant, brilliant guy. But you're talking about what he does and compared to what Richie does. If Brick says on the 40 and, and Richie Hogan plays on the 40, Richie dictates everything. Supreme. But then you add in Michael Fenley and add in Colin Fenley and guys like that. I mean, powerhouses. So throughout the Kilkenny team, it's very difficult to see weaknesses. But Nicky makes a fair point in relation to the strength and depth to Kilkenny. It obviously isn't what it was. I mean, that's, that's a given. But I still just think the difference will be up front. But Waterford will be coldish. And I hope they're coldish to eat them, Dave, and throw caution to the wind. And they're going to put something different to Kilkenny than what Kilkenny are used to against the likes of Tip, in that he'll strategize. He'll look to create space. You know, he'll look like Donegal. He's going to need guys off the shoulder because there's not a guy in that team, probably Morris aside, who can hit five, five points, six points from play or one mm. six from play they need that because Kilkenny have about three or four who can do that so you're going to go for Kilkenny what what do you reckon the margin will be I don't see a tank in here to be honest with you I, I love what Waterford are doing they'll absolutely stick to it I, I would see it probably between four to six brilliant stuff Dahi listen enjoy the game we'll be talking to you again very soon great no stuff. doubt have a good weekend you too take care Dave so Dahi Regan not surprisingly going for Kilkenny we will have Brian Hogan at Croke Park on Sunday afternoon he'll be reporting live uh, from GAHQ as Kilkenny take on Waterford off the ball of course starting from 12 o'clock the earlier time of 12 o'clock as it has been for a few weeks now with our newspaper review a review of the Sunday sports pages on Sunday and then as well as keeping a very keen eye on what's happening in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final we'll also have uh, our two Premier League games as well we've got Arsenal West Ham and we've Stoke Liverpool so it's live GA, live Premier League 
all the way through from one o'clock Saturday afternoon to six o'clock Sunday evening. Might take a break overnight on Saturday evening. We're not complete workhorses. But um, yeah, Jerry will be back Saturday. Joe will be back Sunday. You have been listening to the Friday GA podcast, bringing it to you a day earlier. Thanks to Brennan Devenny, to Billy Joe Padden and to Dahi Regan. We will speak to you tonight from seven. Off the ball gets back on board from seven o'clock this evening. Thanks for listening. The Friday GAA podcast with thanks to GAA Go, official home for live and on-demand GAA match streaming worldwide. A goal out here, goal chance for Conor McGregor. Surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the twenty-one meter line. Team Mackie still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A small change before the game, worth the street. Been a look, said Hannah. Donovan, Connor, back. Wild effort on goal. It's over! Oh, it's over! Sound a little something, but damn the game, if it don't mean nothing, what is game?